without further ado, the commanders for this episode are Shorikai, Genesis Engine, and Norika Yamazaki, the poet. Can you tell that Neon Dynasty just came out? <laughs> <laughs> it's a tribute. My name is Taylor. Hi, I'm Chris, and welcome to episode two of Commander Role Reversal. Let's go. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. And Chris, tell me, what is Commander Role Reversal? Well, here on Commander Role Reversal, we build decks, we swap them, and then we play. That does sound very exciting. More exciting to our viewers and listeners at home because this is a YouTube channel. So please remember to like, subscribe, comment, and share with a friend. So let's dive in. How uh, How can we hear about this, Chris? Well, Taylor, uh, as is tradition on this channel, the winner of the games gets to go first in describing the play experience. But can you remember who won <laughs> these games? Uh, I did. I did win the game, oh, uh, and it's because uh, although the card is called Genesis Engine, you built a death engine <laughs> with that deck. My goodness! But um, yeah, let me just dive right in. So. Uh, For everyone at home, Shurikai Genesis Engine is a legendary artifact vehicle for two white and a blue uh, with an ability of pay one and tap to draw two cards, then discard a card. Create a 1-1 colorless pilot creature token with this creature crew's vehicles as though its power were two greater. It has a crew eight, which means you can tap any number of creatures you control with total power eight or more, and that vehicle becomes an artifact creature until end of turn. And... What's extra spicy? Shurikai Genesis Engine can be your commander, which is super dope. A vehicle and as a commander? Uh, who'd have thought? <laughs> What's next? A land? No. Uh, and it's an 8-8. So, you know, just casual three swings, Voltron Commander. That's <laughs> a lot of power. It toughness. is a lot of power. Um, but not how I would have expected it to be, which I guess I thought you built this deck to be, let's crew some vehicles and let's punch some things specific room style and while there were certainly the pieces that would allow for that uh in execution the deck was let's draw all the cards let's make every single possible token that you could uh and then just overwhelm everybody with the sheer amount of triggers uh (laughs) to keep track of (laughs) i think they should have named it shurikai value engine (laughs) i i like that it certainly felt like that for sure um but i think I was really impressed by the fact that you built essentially a, a, a go-wide token vehicle deck. Because uh, in execution, it wasn't so much the damage I was doing with the Genesis engine that sealed the deal. It was just the fact that I had a bajillion tokens that even after a board wipe would be back next turn. And I was drawing cards the whole time. So <laughs> I'm very exciting. It was a very satisfying deck to pilot. <laughs> oh. Um, well, I'm glad you liked it, Taylor. Uh, I, I mean, it seems like a perfectly viable vehicle commander, but gosh, that value in the in the command zone, I, I, I'm glad you were satisfied with the direction that uh, it took. So I think to start off, one of my favorite synergies was actually with a little card that you included called Intruder Alarm, which is uh, two and a blue for an enchantment that says creatures don't untap during their controller's untap steps. 
Whenever a creature enters the battlefield, untap all creatures. And you'll know that I love this card because in parentheses on the outline, I said, LOL, LOL, LOL. <laughs> it is an LOL. Oh. It is a combo laugh out loud card. Um, Absolutely. Um, especially when you realize that that's one of those cards where I'm not digging for some other payoff in the deck. My commander immediately benefits from that payoff because as you recall, pay one tap, you get the draw and discard, but you also are creating a token with that ability. So with this card on the field, which it was in one of our games, I was able to tap the creature or the vehicle rather, create the creature, untap. And as long as I had one mana open, rinse and repeat, it was beautiful. The only um, the only uh, hoop to jump through for this particular synergy is that you do have to crew Shorakai before you can take advantage of it because until he's a creature, he doesn't untap with a tr intruder alarm. That is so true. there is one step. So you have a few tokens, you put down intruder alarm, you can tap those tokens and then use Shurikai, uh, to crew Shurikai, use the activated ability, creating a token, untapping all of the tokens, including mm -hmm. and, and Shurikai as well. That's a really good point, Chris, because I think I was getting ahead of myself. What I was thinking of is another card that you put in there called Unwinding Clock, <laughs> which disgusting. That's uh, a four uh, cost artifact that says untap all artifacts you control during each other player's untapped step. So you might be noticing a theme here. <laughs> We're going to just completely abuse this ability on shurikai we're gonna tap we're gonna untap we're gonna do it every single turn by the time it gets back around to the table i'm gonna have a bajillion pilots well really three uh more than i had but it feels like a bajillion when they each crew as though they had two greater power than one um so and all the one cards that you're drawing it's it really it gets out of hand unwinding clock is um yeah. is fantastic for any of those artifact untap synergies it really reminded me of kind of a fair paradox engine mm. a little bit which paradox engine famously banned in commander is a legendary artifact that reads whenever you cast a spell untap all non-land permanents you control <laughs> i kid you not this felt as powerful as that with the way that you built this deck <laughs> so uh, don't let Sheldon Mannery hear that. <laughs> yeah, don't let him ban Shurikai. It's a really fun commander to play. Yeah, um, which token and, and artifact synergies aside, something that I really enjoyed as well was the Planeswalker that you included, uh, a Mr. Tezzeret, the Seeker, mm -hmm. <laughs> who is a uh, three blue-blue legendary Planeswalker Tezzeret uh, with the loyalty abilities plus one untap up to two artifacts, Shurikai. Mm -hmm. Uh, minus X, search your library for an artifact card with mana value X or less, put it onto the battlefield and then shuffle anything. <laughs> and then minus five, artifacts you control become artifact creatures with base power and toughness 5-5 five, five until end of turn. Um, it comes in with loyalty four. So very, very strong Planeswalker in that it's one that comes in and immediately you have some benefit. Um, whether that's in the form of a tutor, whether that's in the form of untapping Shurikai, and maybe that's Soul Ring, so I can just rinse Do it and repeat. all over again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and especially in circumstances where you can tutor out maybe something that can act as a blocker to keep um, Tezzeret alive, because Planeswalkers, you know, they don't tend to stick around very long, especially uh, mm. my boy Tezzy. So <laughs> uh, tutoring up maybe uh, an Esper Sentinel <laughs> to, to block and draw me a card to keep it alive for one more go around. I just really appreciated that. I thought this was a really clever include. 
Thanks, Taylor. Yeah, and if you're not looking to necessarily keep Tezzeret around, you could just immediately negative four and get your unwinding clock, because why not? Uh, that is true. <laughs> and degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm getting ahead of myself, because the real degenerate include here was Field of the Dead? What? In my commander pilot Gundam deck? <laughs> I wasn't expecting this one, but um, I got to say, <laughs> using uh, its... Well, let me start by reading. Field of the Dead, for those who don't know, is a land. Uh, it enters the battlefield tapped. It taps for add a colorless. And also, the meat and potatoes, whenever Field of the Dead or another land enters the battlefield under your control, if you control seven or more lands with different names, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Every landfall. Every landfall After creates that. a zombie to pilot my mech of destruction. The, <laughs> the end times are truly here. Um. <laughs> uh, you know, the, it is important when you're including Field of the Dead to build a mana base that allows for more than seven lands. But in a two-color deck, it's pretty easy to do once you get once you have all of the color fixing and some of the basic lands, some of the utility lands. Mm -hmm. You didn't have any trouble making zombies uh, in that go-round. No, the raspberries would be proud. The cranberries, that's embarrassing. Uh, speaking of tokens, though, um, wrapping up some of my favorite synergies from this play experience, Idol of Oblivion is a two-generic cost artifact um, that taps, draw a card, and activate only if you created a token this turn. Uh, it has a second ability, pay eight, tap, and sacrifice, idol of oblivion, create a 10-10 colorless Sildrazi creature token, but that's not exciting because what we're here for is, oh my goodness, this thing drew cards. There was not one turn that I didn't create a token <laughs> in this game, let alone the fact that with Unwinding Clock, I was drawing like a card every person's turn for this two mana artifact. It was insane. I was just thinking that you had both of them out at the same time, which means you are using Shurikai to draw two, discard one, create a pilot, and then using Idol of Oblivion to draw another card. So draw three every every turn, every on other players' turns. You know, it was really overwhelming to me as a mono white player because I had more cards than I knew what to do with. <laughs> so thank you for really broadening my horizons and. Um, really giving me more appreciation for Modern Horizons 2. Thank you, Esper <laughs> Um But I lied. I do have one more card I wanted to discuss, and just to bring it all home, Hour of Reckoning, which is four generic, white, 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 so three white, uh, sorcery with Convoke that reads, your creatures can help cast a spell. Each creature you tap while casting a spell pays for one or one mana of that creature's color. And then the kicker, destroy all non-token creatures. This was evil. <laughs> and like the most, I mean that with all the respect. Resolving this with a board full of tokens and it wasn't countered. It was just, it was a beautiful experience. It's nice too, because uh, as long as Shorkai is a, an artifact vehicle at the time, you don't get rid of your commander. You keep all of your tokens that you've been generating. And it's kind of, a, it's really a one-sided board wipe that only costs you three mana most of the time if you have enough tokens out. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because most of all of the games that we played with these decks, I would say 75% of the time Shurikai was just an artifact vehicle. I, I, I seldom crewed him just because crewing him meant that he was opened up to removal as a creature. Uh, and I didn't need the damage of uh, a creature attacking uh, to justify its existence because that card draw was just... And the token creature. You had enough yeah, tokens yeah, going around, yeah. I think. I, I could go on about this deck. It was incredible. But 
Tell me, Chris, what was your experience with Narika? Yeah, thanks, Taylor. Narika Yamazaki, the poet, uh, is a legendary creature human shaman for two and a white, has vigilance. And whenever a samurai or warrior you control attacks alone, you may cast target enchantment card from your graveyard this turn. It's a 3-2. So going into Narika Yamazaki, I did not expect to be playing a full-on stacks deck, but I guess I should have uh, I should have imagined that's what it was. Uh, Guilty. All of, <laughs> all of those beautiful stacks pieces. I was, you know, I was kind of thinking, okay, there's gonna be some auras. It's definitely an enchantment theme. Um, but you had some real powerhouse cards in there. Some of my favorites going into it were uh, Seal of Cleansing and Aura of Silence. They're very similar. Seal of Cleansing <laughs> is one and a white for an enchantment. Sacrifice Seal of Cleansing. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Aura of Silence does the same thing. But it also taxes your opponents because why not? Artifacts and enchantment <laughs> spells your opponent's cast cost two more to cast. Yeah. yeah. So... What I loved about this is you need to put some amount of removal, some amount of interaction in your deck to be able to, you know, blow up artifacts like Shurikai, for example. Yes. <laughs> I was acutely aware that that was a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the downside of these cards is that it's a permanent that you have to sacrifice. But with Narika, as long as you can attack, you can cast that spell, bring it right back. So it's that repeatable removal. There's a lot of value to be had there. I think it's really the perfect kind of enchantment for a Norika deck because it, you do have that ability to just keep recasting it and getting, um, getting more and more value and and you know removing those troublesome pieces. Exactly. In the field. Yeah, and there was definitely a psychological element to it too. Just knowing, you know, it's the age-old debate: is knowing that someone has a counter spell in hand or a kill spell in hand uh, more powerful than them playing that spell? So just the idea of it always being yeah there. it works it's that threat of activation that's I beautiful I, I was scared <laughs> <laughs> um another card along the same lines um in 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 some ways solitary confinement i know it's a favorite <laughs> of yours solitary confinement is an enchantment for two and a white Re it reads at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifice solitary confinement unless you discard a card skip your draw step However, you have Shroud, meaning you can't be the target of spells or abilities. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to you. Uh, so Solitaire Confinement, very flavorful. You know, I love yeah. the, the name of the card. Uh, really <laughs> keeps you protected from everything going on. The downside being you either sacrifice it or you don't have a draw step each turn. Well, with Norika, you can sacrifice it every turn and then attack with Narika and just cast it again. So you get your draw step and then you get all of the protection um, on every on on everybody else's turn, you know, except for you know the first half of your turn. This was a stacks deck, wasn't it? It really was. Yeah, it was full <laughs> so, stacks. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm grateful I didn't see it come up in any of our games because I was I was worried that that might uh, be something you would recur. Yeah, <laughs> um, I noticed a little combo in there too. You had Grand Abolisher in the deck as well, so and they did. And these two cards in this situation, it's it's perfect. Um, Grand Abolisher is white white for a creature human cleric during your turn. Opponents can't cast spells or activate abilities of artifacts, creatures, or enchantments. It's a two two, meaning that when your shields are down, when solitary confinement's in the graveyard. Your opponent still can interact with you. It's it's like a really good um, pillow fort effect. I mean, took it to that next level, Taylor. Yeah. The only thing missing was that uh, Grand Abolisher was uh, an enchantment creature. If only. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wizards, get on this. What are you doing? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> we need errata. No, that might be too much. Yes. You're right. That might be too powerful. <laughs> Cleansing Nova. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, another card that really stood out to me because this is an attacks deck, you know, um, very much a Voltron style deck, but also just, you know, the recursion and the value. A nice way to, to, to attack with a 3-2 Vigilant mm. is with a card called Reconnaissance. Mm. It's an old card. It's a throwback. It's maybe a little bit broken. <laughs> um, just putting that out there. Reconnaissance is, a, is an enchantment for one white and it has an activated ability. Pay zero. Seems good. <laughs> I'm in. I like it already. <laughs> Remove target attacking creature you control from combat and untap it. So because the phases of combat are are complex in Magic the Gathering, what it essentially allows you to do is get your attacks, get the trigger, target the enchantment in the graveyard, and then pay zero to remove Eureka or any um, warrior or samurai from combat without you know attacking into something and having your creature die. You can just bring it back and still get that value and cast your enchantment cards. So that was the idea. Yeah, the untap it might have been overkill on a vigilant commander, but you know <laughs> redundancy. <laughs> we love to see it. Yeah. So as much fun as it is hearing about busted one drops <laughs> reconnaissance, uh, there were a couple question marks that I had um, for you, Chris. Great regarding the build so in shurikai looking over the list i noticed that you included sword of the animist which is a legendary artifact equipment for two uh it says equipped creature gets plus one plus one and whenever equipped creature attacks you may search your library for a basic land card put it onto the battlefield tapped and then shuffle uh it's equip two uh, for the activated ability um going back to the field of the dead conversation i did really appreciate that the mana base was very clearly tuned to be a field of the dead very unique lands very few basics and that's actually kind of my question um i noticed going through the list there there were only four valid targets (laughs) for sword of the animist so um one of them a plains one of them an island and then the other two snow covered variants Mm -hmm. of those so i was kind of wondering what your thought process was as far as including the sword yeah, that's a really great uh, question. I'm, I'm noticing for the first time it's a legendary artifact. It is. I suppose that would get kind of out of hand if you were ha- like having multiple uh, Swords of the Animus just tutoring out all your lands. Right of Replication. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a good catch. I think, you know, when I was building the deck, maybe this was an oversight of mine. I didn't in- in- initially plan to... Um, have the i'll call it the field of the dead mana base with the with this you know um, essentially singleton uh mana base mm-hmm. as well uh you know in in blue and white ramp is one of those things it's a little bit hard to come by you know outside of the mana rock yeah so i think that is a really good good point taylor that it, it's important to build the mana base um with sort of the animist in mind uh, when when you're deciding to include it not to say that it wouldn't get the job done, especially if you don't have the snow-covered island, the snow-covered plane, etc. But mm-hmm. uh, I brought it up because in my game, I just happened to have those without necessarily realizing that there were only four basic lands in the deck. <laughs> so um, just would uh, the worry would be not having a target. But I totally see where you're coming from with that. And on that... Yeah, fair uh, assessment, for sure. Totally. Kind of on that same topic or on the same vein, uh, Oreskos Explorer, which is a one and a white for a creature cat scout that reads, when Oreskos Explorer enters the battlefield, search your library for up to X planes cards, where X is the number of players who control more lands than you. Reveal those cards, put them into your hand, and then shuffle. It is a two-two. Um, it sounds like you kind of answered my line of questioning um, 
regarding sort of the animus for this, but same thing, only now there are only two targets. Well, uh, the thing that you'll notice about Oreskos Explorer is that it searches for X planes cards, not necessarily basic planes. Wow. So this one, I think, um, it's not a ramp uh, card. Uh, Oreskos Explorer, again, it's a good value card in blue-white where... You know, you know, it's a non-green deck, so you're not playing like a lot of those like ramp into lands um, uh, spells. So with with Oreskos, you're actually able to search for uh, some of the the dual lands. Ah. Um, yeah, I, I did ensure I, I even included the um, the snow uh, the snow <laughs> duel right because right. it is a plains and it is tutorable. By, by Oresco's. That is a great point. And it turns out reading the card explains the card. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy to miss that uh, a card says land instead of just, uh, or planes instead of basic. Uh, totally agree. When you think of planes, yeah, for me, when I think of planes, a lot of times it has that basic sort of yeah. uh, attached to it. Yeah. yeah. Consider that question answered. <laughs> but that does lead me to my last question card, which may look a little bit familiar. Um, <laughs> so, Karn Silvergold <laughs> is a five-cost legendary artifact creature, golem, five colorless. Uh, whenever Karn Silver Golem blocks or becomes blocked, it gets minus four, plus four until end of turn. And then it has the one, pay one, activated ability of target non-creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness equal to its mana value until end of turn. Karn is a four-four. Um, it... <laughs> not to make it a meme it made sense to me when you had it in there uh for conrad when you explained that black has limited options when it comes to stacks removal mm -hmm. what was your thought process with including it in this azorius build which historically doesn't have those same issues would you believe that i'm just a huge fan of karn i just <laughs> every deck needs a hero and karn is the hero uh no um i love that Actually, Karn has, I think, um, a really good usage in this deck because the activated ability, pay one target non-creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness equal to its mana value until the end of turn. It does allow you to animate any of the vehicle cards. Shurikai. Yeah, it allows you to animate Shurikai. Um, there were a couple of other vehicles in there. That is such a good point. Yeah. So it's really in there just so that you can avoid the crew costs. You can mm -hmm. swing in with your vehicles and your tokens. Um, you know, there are some vehicles that the the sort of the upside of vehicles is that they tend to have a greater power and toughness than the mana value that you pay because you have to tap other creatures to crew them that's how it's sort of balanced so you know when you do animate them with karn they tend to be a little bit smaller but in the case of shurikai it's an 8-8 eight, eight, uh so it's it would only be a 4-4 four, four in that case oh darn <laughs> that makes sense i didn't even think of that that's look at you and your creative ways to use Karn. <laughs> I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> Any excuse to play Karn in the deck, I'm in. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing how you incorporate it for uh, next week's build. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if it makes the cut. Yeah. But what about you? What were what were some questions that you had about your play experience? Uh, so there were a couple of cards that came up for me um, that I, I wanted to ask you about and get your take on why were they, they were included in the deck. Uh, the first card that, that occurred to me was Planner Birth. Uh, which is a sorcery for one and a white. And it says, return all basic land cards from all graveyards to the battlefield tapped under their owner's control. Mm -hmm. um, what did you have in mind with this include, Taylor? Yeah, I'm glad you asked, Chris, because that, um, much like Solitary, I think this could be defined as a pet card of mine. Mm -hmm. I do run a lot of mono white, so kind of in my package for these types of decks, I'm 
almost always pairing this with Lantax oh, right. or Archaeomancer's map. So mm -hmm. those are famous white cards that will allow you to search out planes, put them onto the battlefield. And the idea with this card is more often than not, if you are getting the max three basic land cards at every upkeep that you can get with a Lantax effect, um, you're going to have more cards in your hand without any kind of reliquary tower um, or, or thought vessel effect mm -hmm. that you will need to discard. So my intention is always, always go for the three, always go for the three. You're thinning the deck. So you're more likely to get to those enchantments that you can recur mm -hmm. when you get to your actual draw step. Right. And um, the idea being you discard all the lands whenever you need to discard something is as painful and counterintuitive as that sounds. The idea is you have a graveyard of about 18 planes that you couldn't play, and then you pop this two drop, and uh, whoa, mono white landfall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Planner Birth is a ramp card in that situation. Mm -hmm. That is great. I've seen you. I've seen you play that way before. I've seen. I've yeah. seen you discarding a lot of land cards, and it does have that deck thinning. Uh, so Planner Birth is is the perfect way to recur all those. And it, it does say each uh, each player um, returns the cards under their control. Right. Uh, but more likely than not, you're going to have more lands than your opponents because of that reason. Because you've been discarding the lands. I'm all about subverting expectations in this color. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I found every time I've resolved this card, I am getting more lands than anybody else wow. so and that's usually by design <laughs> beautiful that value Woo. oh it's up there um so the other card it's another sorcery the other card that um i wanted to ask you about is dimensional breach mm -hmm. five white white it's a seven mana spell it's a sorcery it says exile all permanents <laughs> Yep, exile all permanents, and then for as long as any of those cards remain exiled, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player returns one of the exiled cards to the battlefield. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I do appreciate that you did the double take on that, because uh, I did too, and that's kind of why I put it in there. <laughs> um, you did you did point out that it was a stack stack, and I think that was the thought with that include. Um, you know, there are only so many situations that you'll be able to kind of finagle your way out of by casting one enchantment off of the ability. So you can keep recasting, mm -hmm. um, you know, Seal of Cleansing or Silence, but that's limited to one effect mm -hmm. um, or one target. Uh, so the idea was if you have three other opponents, you know, how can you keep up with that value if people are wise to mm -hmm. the fact that you're blowing up everybody's enchantments mm -hmm. and artifacts? Um, Let's just restart the game, but not in a way that means they're permanently gone. It's just kind of like a fun little mini game. Yeah, it. I've played against this card, <laughs> and what gets me sometimes is to, it's it's a little bit of a mind game because I have to, as on the receiving end of this, understand well which card do I choose from exile to put back into play? Do I pick a land, and how much does that land help me? I need to be playing lands, or do I pick the four, five, six drop? Do I put that into play first? So it's it really. Um, you know, not only does it help kind of level the playing field for a few turns and kind mm -hmm. of buy that time, stacks your opponents out, but it, it definitely has that psychological warfare <laughs> attached to it as well. So Taylor, after um, kind of, you know, playing through with the deck and 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 seeing the, the deck list and kind of thinking about all of these cards, did you have any suggestions what you might 
include if you were building this list? I'm glad you asked because you definitely shamed me with the amount of suggestions you had the first episode that we did. So I did my homework (laughs) this game. Um, And we're going to start off without any pulling any punches. So Shurikai would pair fantastically with a little card I like to call humility, (laughs) which which does uh, read, if you are so inclined, you can pay two white white for an enchantment that reads all creatures lose all abilities and have base power and toughness uh, one one. Uh, The reason I suggest this is because you already kind of have the way to close out the game built into the deck, Mm -hmm. which is the only time I would ever advocate for running this card because it does it can lead to feel bad experiences if someone plays it and it's just now I'm going to swing my one, one at you. And that's the rest of the game. Yeah. Not exactly compelling gameplay, <laughs> but um, there are a couple things going for this combo. I think one Shurikai doesn't have to be a uh, creature to have its activated ability. Right. So you can continually um, abuse its uh, activated draw two, discard one, create a one, one. <laughs> yeah. That is a huge advantage. It still has that. Yeah. So you're, you're going to be outvaluing ideally your opponents. And then additionally, uh, you already have Cather's crusade in the deck. Oh. So, um, <laughs> compare that with Shurikai. Uh, Cather's crusade is, uh, three, excuse me. Cather's crusade reads three white, white enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. (laughs) So the idea there being everybody's making one ones, you're making one ones, but your one one entering the battlefield off of Shurikai is making your previous one one that much better. So So the um, first one is a two two because it gets one counter. And then the next time you have a two two and a three three, and then it just goes up from there. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> wow. Um, well done. That is that is a higher a higher powered suggestion for sure. So mm-hmm. definitely, you know, that's one of those cards where you'd want to you know check with your play group if that's something they're okay with. Mm-hmm. But um, kind of that same effect. Um, Curse of Conformity was another card that uh, I've been excited to try and find a place to make it work, and I think it does in this deck. Mm-hmm. Um, it's four and a white for an enchantment or a curse enchant player. Non-legendary creatures enchanted player controls have base power and toughness 3-3 and lose all creature types. So Mm. more so, you know, without relying on anthems for specific creature types, how can I just get more value for crewing vehicles out of my creatures and tokens that I'm generating? So every single creature becomes a 3-3 that isn't legendary. So the ones that still you would prefer, they are their original card, the legendary cards. Um, you know, they're unaffected by this, but your tokens are just kind of buffed in a way similar to Harmonious Archon would, I think, which is another card you had in there. Yeah, I love that. Um, I don't often think about, I don't often look at a curse card and say, hey, I should definitely cast that on myself. Yeah. But this is a really, a really uh, cheeky way to do that. <laughs> yeah, just something to consider, you know. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think that the, those two are kind of my suggestions for for maybe... Uh, a way that you could abuse the vehicle aspects of the deck. Um, I did also suggest Search for Glory, Mm -hmm. which is one of my favorite cards from Kaldheim. It's Mm -hmm. two and a white for a sorcery, snow sorcery, that reads, search your library for a snow permanent card, a legendary card, or a saga card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. You gain one life for each snow spent to cast the spell. S is mana from a snow source. Snow. Um, So I think this was kind of 
this suggestion was fueled by you know some of my question mark cards that I had from you, specifically the creatures that would tutor for land or sort of the animist. Mm-hmm. I figured that this might be, while a sorcery, uh, an alternative that gives you a little bit more flexibility. Yeah, um, sure. You can search out the snowlands for the Field of Dead triggers. Still can get those snowlands. Yeah. I like that. Or you have the flexibility of just getting whatever legendary card you hmm. need in the moment. Ooh, maybe Karn. Maybe <laughs> Karn. Are we back to Karn? <laughs> We're back to Karn. <laughs> Oh, that would be Karn. That's terrible. Can we cut that? You're not going to cut that. Unbelievable. (laughs) But yeah, you see, kind of going off of a similar suggestion space with Scheming Symmetry from last episode, I'm all about tutors that have multiple use cases. Yeah, I like that because, you know, tutors uh, can often lead, as you, I think you said in in episode one, kind of a linear gameplay, um, but tutors that tutor for specific card types or that just, or like um, have an additional type of synergy Mm -hmm. like your previous suggestion. Um, Yeah, I like the flexibility of Search for Glory. I don't think there are any sagas in the deck, but it might be. There there were, were, yeah, but there there are certainly some blue or white uh, that, you know, blue or white uh, sagas that could be considered um, for sure. But the Conqueror's Death. For example, yeah, yeah, removal, um, yeah, cure best the sea god. We don't talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was kind of the thought with that. Um, and in a similar vein, uh, tutor on a creature. I was thinking Oswald Fiddlebender oh, might make like sense Oswald. in this deck. Yeah, uh, for those who aren't in the know, Oswald is from uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. He's a one white legendary creature gnome artificer uh, with the ability magical tinkering. Uh, which is pay white and tap to sacrifice an artifact. You then search your library for an artifact card with mana value equal to one plus the sacrificed artifact's mana value, put it onto the battlefield, and then shuffle, activate only as a sorcery. He is a 2-2 creature. So Oswald, I know, <laughs> I, I love Oswald. I think that's, it's such a great, it's like artifact birthing pod, right? Yeah. Where you can kind of go up the chain. I would, I was... I would love to like map out what that combo chain because he's really good at like finding combo pieces, right? So I'd be curious right. to see how like what you tutored for, but I think that because it's an artifact deck, it's in white, it could definitely be a good include. Did you notice any of those specific synergies, like what you would be targeting or aiming for? I think that's what I like about Oswald. You don't necessarily need to know what you will be targeting because he's a toolbox. You can get whatever you need in the moment. And I just saw from your deck that there were, you build your decks in a way that there are answers Mm -hmm. for pretty much any situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically, if I had to choose one card, Selfishly, I would just include Oswald to guarantee that I can get Forsaken Monument, which I was a card that was I was very excited to see in your deck list, but unfortunately just never drew into it. It's a five mana artifact that says colorless creatures get plus two plus two. Whenever you tap a source for a colorless mana, it creates two colorless mana. And I think whenever you cast a color spell, you gain a life. Seems good. <laughs> Seems very good. Um, so I was really excited to get that because Shurikai makes colorless pilots. So that's another way to just get more value <laughs> out of that. And then, you know, who doesn't want Field of the Dead to tap for two? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple of utility lands in there that can make that work. A couple. Um, I I think Smothering Tithe is in this deck too. Smothering Tithe, Tithe is uh, three mana, one white for an enchantment whenever an opponent 
uh, draws a card, they may pay two or you make a treasure. So you can always rely on those treasures to get your one drop and exactly. kind of work your way up the chain that way too. There's a, there's yeah. a few different directions you can go. Yeah. And actually kind of in that same vein, I paired my suggestions for you because while I was suggesting Oswald, I figured Sorcerer's Broom would be a shoe in in that deck. Sorcerer's Broom is two from Eldraine, two cost. That's an artifact creature spirit that reads, whenever you sacrifice another permanent, you may pay three if you do create a token that's a copy of Sorcerer's Broom for two, mm, one. Yeah. So every single time you are sacrificing an artifact, whether it's um, you know just a treasure from Smothering Tithe or you're using Oswald's ability, if you have the mana to do so, which should be easier if you have Forsaken Monument out, <laughs> uh, you can just pump continually build or you can continually put that mana into creating exponentially more artifact broom creature spirits uh, that can crew vehicles. They can go wide and swing because, you know, two ones that are suddenly what, four, four threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's kind of scary. <laughs> um, it, it is a tokens deck, so I yeah. yeah I can see like making those tokens. They're colorless. Yeah, there's a lot of synergy there for sure. It's a good mana sink. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a lot of synergy. We'll stay with the creature theme here. So La Shield Clockwork Scholar mm. is a two generic, uh, one white legendary creature elephant artificer that reads prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to attacking artifact creatures you control. Um, additionally, right. <laughs> additionally, it reads whenever one or more artifact creatures enter the battlefield under your control, draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn. Uh, to 2-4. So in your list, I didn't necessarily see a high volume of creatures that would enter the battlefield mm-hmm. as artifacts. So you didn't, you wouldn't necessarily have this in here for the card draw. Shurikai does enough of that for you anyway. But sure. if you're going wide with those vehicles, um, I I'm not going to have any qualms with swing, swinging if uh, they're not going to be damaged in the process. So that was the thought with that. Yeah, great protection piece. I mean, they're definitely a good concentration of, even though it wasn't a, a, a vehicle, that wasn't the main theme of the deck. There are enough vehicles in there right. where, yeah, I could definitely see that. I could definitely see Lost Shield putting in some work and just protecting your creatures, letting you swing in um, uh, sort of haphazardly, but not because, yeah. you know, they're protected. Yeah. It's like someone who shouldn't have passed driver's ed, but did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Moving along, uh, I thought, you know, sticking with the Kamigawa theme, Brilliant Restoration is a card that I've been really excited to try. I think it would be great in this deck. It's uh, three generic white, 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 white. So four white pips. Mm -hmm. It's a sorcery. It's expensive. Might be a little bit difficult in... uh, you know, a deck without any fixing for that many pips, but it reads return all artifact and enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, You know, I found myself in this game or in the games where Shurikai was abusing his ability so much. I was discarding so many Mm -hmm. cards. If I knew I had this card in my deck, I would have no problem or second thought with discarding all of the artifacts enchantments and then just whoops, they're on the field. Yeah, that, that's a great, that is a great include. I, I did, um, I did do. I did have some consideration for the recursion mm-hmm. aspect um, of just knowing that you would be discarding. I think, though, that there does have to be a certain concentration of this recursion in order for it to really, for you to really feel like um, you know good about discarding artifacts and enchantments. So, yeah, brilliant restoration is a brilliant include. Stop it. <laughs> and Chris, because nothing can be a 
single recommendation. <laughs> I'm going to pair my Brilliant Restoration with something in a similar kind of effect uh, design space. That's Drafna's Restoration, which is a blue for a sorcery that reads, put any number of target artifact cards from target player's graveyard graveyard on top of their library in any order. I see. It's a different kind of recursion, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. I figured if someone doesn't want to play, pay seven <laughs> mana, let's just pay one. And just <laughs> only get the artifacts you care about. <laughs> you know, it's great too. Maybe you only have two artifacts that you need out of your graveyard. You can put them on top of your library and then use Shurikai to immediately draw those cards and play them out. Oh so my god! It's not like they're stuck on top of your library either, which can sometimes be a, an issue with, you know, depending on whether or not you have that card draw. <laughs> exactly. Guess what? You do. You do. It's right there in the command zone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was the thought. And um, also could be used as a political tool, uh, you know, if you needed it to. So oh, cool. I, I, just another one of those cards that can, your mileage may vary depending on the situation. Sure. Yeah. So if um, if your opponent needs their Nevin Rell's disc back, well, you're not going to give them that because that's a board wipe <laughs> yeah. on a stick. So yeah, if someone's soul ring was blown up, though, you know, I'm an empathetic individual, so I can, you know, I can scratch their back. You'll scratch mine. Yeah, give me a soul ring back. I'll pay that two mana to um, not destroy something of yours instead of another opponent's. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> or you can tap the soul ring for me to give me the two mana, so I don't have to worry about that tax from Aura of Silence. <laughs> We're getting out of hand. <laughs> um, my last suggestion for you. Uh, I had to do a double take when I read this card because oh it's, it's an old one. I'm I think excited. it's from Stronghold. Torment. Don't, call, don't, don't quote me on that. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's from a cycle. Uh, it is Words of Wind, which is two generic, one blue enchantment uh, with an activated ability of pay one. The next time you would draw a card this turn, each player returns a permanent they control to its owner's hand instead. Oh, that is disgusting. Yep. You know, I tried to keep the stacks out of this deck as much <laughs> as possible. I love how you're putting it right in there. Maybe I'm the toxic player. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there are so many ways that I think that you could use this. You could use it offensively. You could use it, you know, for value. My, what comes to mind is tapping Shurikai, tapping a soul ring to activate Shurikai's ability. One of that mana is then used to not draw a card and instead turn um, return Idol of Oblivion to hand. But while that's on the stack, I'll tap Idol of Oblivion to draw a card off of the token that Shurikai creates. That goes back to my hand. And then, you know, the rest of the ability resolves. Right. And you just rinse and repeat. I like, how, I like how you went with the value play there. That's yeah, respectable. Not, yeah. <laughs> Nothing mean. No, no, no. I mean, you're the one who's running recurrable artifact enchantment <laughs> removal, so I'm not the bad guy. <laughs> it's just a blustery day. <laughs> um, what what I don't like is that, well, do or don't like, uh, it's not a non-land permanent. It can be anything. So Oof. if you have some some land uh, synergies that you, you wanted to kind of take advantage of, if you were running an Urza Saga, for example, mm -hmm. and wanted to reset the counter on that Saga... Um, which now that I think of it, that's another thing you can tutor for with Search for Glory. 
Oh, look at that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Need to have enough of those uh, one mana artifacts yeah. uh, to, to tutor off of it. Um, In this deck, I wouldn't even use it for the tutor. I would just keep making those artifact constructs. Oh my goodness. That would get out of hand. Yeah. Think about all those artifacts on the battlefield. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that wraps it up for my recommendations, Chris. Uh, thanks for bearing with me. Oh, they were great. Yeah, we'll definitely be taking another look at the deck list uh, to, to consider some of these recommendations. I had a few in mind um, as, yeah. I was, as I was kind of doing a little bit of uh, reflection and a uh, little post-game research myself. Mm -hmm. So kind of going back to that theme with recurring enchantments that you need to sacrifice, there is a card that goes by the name of Soul Tithe. Soul Tithe is one in a white. It's an enchantment aura. It reads, enchant non-land permanent. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the upkeep of enchanted permanents controller, that player sacrifices it, the permanent, unless they pay X, where X is its mana value. That's so mean. <laughs> so they have to pay for the card over and over and over again unless they want to sacrifice it. Of course, when they sacrifice it, the aura goes to your graveyard, which you can then go ahead and recast with Marika on the next attack. Why would you do that, though? That's so mean. <laughs> well, listen, your opponent has the option of paying for their card again and again oh, and yeah. again. Oh, I absolutely love that. Uh, I'm just giving you a hard time. It's um, Minimus Containment is another card in the deck that does something similar, but I love the tax mm -hmm. that it gives them the option to yeah. pay it rather than give them mana. <laughs> <laughs> so it was def it was definitely one that was inspired by um, by the stacks that was already in the deck. I had to uh, see what else was out there that could be um, you know really brutal for the opponent. So <laughs> there's the stacks include. Thanks. Obligatory. <laughs> <laughs> um, another mechanic that occurred to me, you know, given that this deck is very heavy on enchantments, wouldn't necessarily go as far as to call it an enchantress deck, but it has enough uh, critical mass of enchantments that constellation could be a relevant keyword. Constellation is a keyword that um, synergizes with enchantments, for example, on Archon of Sun's Grace. Archon Ooh. of Sun's Grace is two, a white, and a white for a creature archon with flying and lifelink. Pegasus creatures you control have lifelink, and it has constellation. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, create a 2-2 white Pegasus creature token with flying. That's uh, a 3-4. And so just as you're recurring those enchantments every turn, it's going to give you a little bit more value. Um, and especially with flying tokens, 2-2s with lifelink, um, you know, can get uh, can can add a lot of value to the board. I love that suggestion. I had worried that um, there weren't necessarily enough game enders in the deck, and I feel like I've seen that card absolutely mm -hmm. blow up before. And I had never even thought to uh, consider constellation. That's that's brilliant. Who doesn't like an army of flying pegasi <laughs> that give you life? It's <laughs> <laughs> right where you want to be. Um, along the same lines, Mesa Enchantress is mm -hmm. another card that you frequently see in uh, white X en Enchantress decks. But again, I thought that there were enough um, enchantments in the deck. And uh, this is another way to draw cards. Mesa Enchantress is a one and white and a white. So three mana value creature, human druid. Mm -hmm. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, you may draw a card. It's a zero two. Um, so just another way when you're recurring that enchantment, getting that uh, card advantage from your graveyard, mm -hmm. you're then getting even more card advantage from drawing another card from your deck on top of it. Uh, I love drawing cards. So sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> that mono white card draw. So I'm going to stick with the enchantments matter theme here. Mm -hmm. Even though this is an attacks deck, 
I think you might see a, a, a good amount of value off of a card such as uh, Sigil of the Empty Throne. Mm-hmm. Sigil of the Empty Throne is an enchantment for three, a white and a white. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, create a 4-4 angel creature token with flying. So maybe I'm just stuck on token makers for the <laughs> suggestions, but I thought that this was another constellation-like effect that might synergize well. I really like that. Um, and now that I think about it, I think my initial hesitation with including uh, token generators in this deck is one of the requirements for Norika's ability to go off is that she or another warrior slash samurai attacks alone in order to be able to cast a target enchantment from your graveyard. But I think realistically, the way you would play this is you generate all those tokens. You still only attack with Norika, but you get keep her safe with reconnaissance. But then you have this army of blockers or token fodder, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of as like a, a carry a big stick and, and speak softly kind of board. <laughs> you, yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, it, it, there is a little bit of a non-bow there, so to speak. But if you build up enough of those token token creatures, you can wait until you have enough to just swing out for lethal. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. and it helps when they're flyers. <laughs> <laughs> that evasion. Let's go. <laughs> All uh, right. One more card that uh, that synergizes with enchantments um, that I thought might be an interesting include is Starfield Mystic. Mm. Is a creature, human cleric for one and a white. Enchantment spells you cast cost one less to cast. We are casting them. And when it, whenever an enchantment you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on Starfield <laughs> Mystic. It's a two, two. It can get big. Uh, it's great for that. Uh, value over time you know the the mana advantage that you gain over time by paying one less but you are also putting a lot of enchantments into the graveyard with uh some of the oh. um, seal of cleansings i was gonna say i'll pay one white uh, to recast the seal of cleansing immediately sacrifice it and put a plus one plus one counter on starfield mystic any day <laughs> <laughs> and get that uh that uh pesky artifact or enchantment from your opponent's side off i'm not a bad person <laughs> <laughs> incredible dude all right, so I had one more idea in mind, thinking about Narika and her um, triggered ability on attacks. It, it does say whenever a warrior or samurai you attack uh, attacks alone, mm-hmm. uh, it triggers her ability to recast an enchantment. And you did have a few warriors in there. I noticed that that was mm-hmm. um, accounted for. There were a couple of really good ones. I wanted to put this uh, suggestion on here because uh, I think it's not a mechanic that you see a lot oh, at so the table. Excited which is actually a huge upside of this card. Um, and there are there are actually a few creatures that meet these criteria. I just picked the one that I like the best. It's Guan Yu, Sainted Warrior, for three, a white and a white, mm-hmm. a legendary creature, human, soldier, warrior. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's got all the creatures. That's types. a lot of text, okay. <laughs> and it has, it has this ability, horsemanship. No. Which means this creature can't be blocked except by creatures with horsemanship. And if you've never heard of horsemanship or you've never seen it at your play table, that's kind of the idea here. <laughs> it's pretty much an unblockable warrior that you can send into battle every turn and uh, you know not worry about it being blocked and still get that value off of the uh, When Guan Yu Sainted Warrior is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, you may shuffle Guan Yu into your library. Um, maybe relevant if, it's, if there's a mill strategy that sometimes comes up it's a three five but the real potential for this card is that it's essentially an unblockable warrior that can get in every turn when when Narika maybe can't and still allows you to get that value off of casting enchantments from your graveyard i love that and the flavor of it too that's a kamigawa card right it's a kamigawa it's a oh throwback oh my gosh 
Look at the way you brought it all together. <laughs> Time to get a Gallup poll on the books. <laughs> oh, stop it. Okay. Well, that takes us to the end of <laughs> the card recommendations. So what's left, Taylor? I think that means we're at the end of the episode, but uh, stress not because that means you get to hear what the next build is. Oh, this is exciting. <laughs> um I went first as the winner, so by all means, what what is the deck that uh, you're brewing next week? Well, for next week's episode, I wanted to go with a commander that um, that the the main reason that I picked the colors that I picked is because it's not colors that I've seen you play often. It's a Jund commander. <gasps> Gasp! <laughs> so we've got a, a commander that is black, red, and green. And what? We're gonna go with Thantis the Warweaver. We heard you like attacking, so we're going to make you do it every turn. Oh my gosh. Thantis the Warweaver is a legendary creature spider with vigilance and reach. <laughs> it reads, all creatures attack each combat if able. Mm-hmm. So get ready to use that combat phase. Whenever a creature attacks, you or a planeswalker you control, put a plus one, plus one counter on Thantis the Warweaver. It's a 5-5. Five, five. Um, and it's uh, two generic black, red, and green to cast. Wow. So we've got forced attacks every turn, and we're going to build this deck in a way that advantages our own attacks while disadvantaging our opponent's attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, got some real spicy cards. I'm excited to to share the list and get some games in with it. Oh, I'm so excited. That's entirely out of my element, so I don't even know what to expect <laughs> as far as cards go. Let's... Do you run some other attacks? <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I appreciate that. And as far as your brew for next week, or the one that I'm brewing, uh, I wanted to kind of merge uh, both of our sensibilities a little bit. So mm-hmm. there is still a little bit of white, but there is also a little bit of black, oh, right. uh, which is a little fun. <laughs> so not only is there one commander, there are two commanders. Oh, it is a partner pairing. Um, and the first commander is Yoshimaru Ever Faithful, who is a white for a legendary creature dog that reads whenever another legendary permanent enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter onto Yoshimaru ever faithful. He has partner and is a one one. That's that new good boy. The newest goodest boy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't tell Kanda. But he is partnered with Falthus shadow cat familiar, which is too generic and a black for a legendary nightmare cat that reads commanders you control have menace and death touch. I love the flavor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, With the tutu. So uh, it's going to be a giant spider versus cat dog, (laughs) I think, in attacking matters. So that's funny that there's a little bit of an overlap in that theme. Oh, that's going to work well. You better watch out for my dogs and cats coming in hot. Yeah, the death touching menacing (laughs) cats and dogs. (laughs) Let's Uh, spread that death touch around. That's amazing. Yeah, so I I think the idea is I want to see just how stupidly big that dog can dick so uh, expect a lot of legendary cards <laughs> i think is the, the takeaway legendaries matter man i can't wait it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah it's gonna be legendary i messed this up legend wait for it dairy that's how you do it yeah that's it do you want to run it back no <laughs>